All right, we're starting Daf Yud Test today. Starting at the top, second line. Tanur Abanan. We're learning a Bryson. You can put food in front of a dog, in a chatzar, not love and the dog, uh, let's say he then takes it and he uh, leaves the chatzar. You don't have to, um, you don't have to try to stop him. Meaning, we're not concerned, just like we were coming off, we said we're concerned that you can't send Kalim, um, right? That's what we came off of in yesterday's stuff. You can't send, uh, sell Kalim because it looks like you're making the guy shliach for you on Shabbos. So here we're saying that you don't have to prevent your dog who you uh, leave food for. Okay. Um, and you can put food in front of a nachri, the chatzar, not levayotza. And if the if the if the guy takes the food from the chatzar and he runs out, again, you don't have to try to stop him from you don't have to try to prevent him from leaving the chatzar. So Tysus just to give this color explains because it seems to be different than the other cases where we said it's gonna be usur by your things that are subject to renting or borrowing. Tysus says that we're talking about here even um, according to Beishamai, since the, the food is different because normally when a person's given food, it's meant to be eaten right away. Um, so we assume, therefore, you're allowed to give him the food. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to leave any sort of time for the guy to be able to transport it from one place to another because we assume that he's, the food is for him. He's going to eat it right away. And that's why we're not um, concerned. Now, the Gemara just wants to know, Hasulamali, why do I need two cases? Why do I need the case of the dog and the case of the guy, Hainu Hach. Sorry, that was the question I'm saying. So, I mean, if a guy is giving someone food that you know he's for sure not eating right away, either it's not cooked, or it's a quantity that there's no have a meal that you're right away, it, then it wouldn't apply? Then it would seem like it would be a problem. It lo- would look like you're sending him as a shliach. And then, if it's, in other words, if it's Arab Shabbos, then uh, you have to leave enough time for him to get it from one place to another. And on Shabbos, you wouldn't be allowed to. Even if you're giving it to him? According to Tesis, yeah. So, what's the chedesh here? Hi, Rami Aleha. That since the dog is your responsibility to feed him, the hi, loy Rami Aleha, that the dog is your responsibility, it's your dog, right? It's your pet, and therefore it's Mizainus, you have a responsibility to feed him. That's when the only time we would have thought you were allowed to put food in front of. Um, in, in front of something else, right? In front of the dog. But the guy who you have no responsibility to feed, you would have thought that you're not allowed to put food um, in front of him in the chatzar, kamash malan, again, because we might be concerned that it looks like you're trying to get him to do your shlichas, kamash malan, that um, we're, we are, you are allowed to. Tan Rabbanon, the Bryce says, You may not rent your kalim to a guy on Arab Shabbos. So Rashi explains, because again, it looks like you're um, renting it to him for Tzairech Shabbos. So it looks like you're trying to cause your kalim to do malacha on Shabbos. But if it's on, on Wednesday or Thursday, it would be mutter. Similarly, you can't send a letter beyond Nachri. You can't send a letter with a guy of Shabbos. But mutter. But on Wednesday or Thursday, it would be mutter to send the letter. And it's said about Rabbi Yisya Kain, of Amri Law, and some say it's not Rabbi Yisya Kain, but it's Rabbi Yisya Chassid, that he was so concerned that uh, people would think he's getting a guy to do work for him on Shabbos that he would never allow his letters to be sent by a guy. He would only use a uh, Jewish courier service. Tanar Rabbanon. 
Ein Mishalcha Nigeris Biyanachri Erev Shabbos. One may not send a letter Biyanachri on Friday. Elam Kim Katsat Sleidamim, unless you fix the price. Beishamayimim, Kidei Sheagia Lebeisai. So one second. So katsas, we'll, we'll just talk about katsas and yam. Katsas means if it, it, we we see a general leniency when it comes to Shabbos, if the guy when we're using a guy, if the guy is is given a price for the job. So katsas like damim as opposed to a a schir a schir that if he was paid um, by the hour, if he's if he's hired, you you pay him daily, you pay him by the hour. So then we're going to be much more machmer. But if you pay him. Uh, katsats means you pay him a, a certain amount for the job. So let's say you put a stamp on a letter is 50 cents. doesn't matter how many hours it takes to get it. So that's a, a fixed amount. It's 50 cents to deliver a letter. Elam kim katsats loidamim. Beishamay oimrim. Beishamay says, So we'll have to understand what this means. That you can only send it with a guy if the letter will be able to reach um, the house of the person that it is addressed to. You don't have to give it to the guy with enough time that it reaches the house of the person it's addressed to, but rather that it just gets to the city, you know, the first house in that city. That seems to be conflicting. We said that it's katsats, meaning you already gave him a fixed amount to do the job, so why should you be on the hook for how long? Why should you have to leave him time to get there? He's, he's now doing it, when, when you're katsats with the guy, he's now doing the malacha for himself, meaning he accepted the job, and it's up to him, he does it on his own time. So why should that be your problem, that you have to leave him enough time? So I'm Rav Sheishes, so we're going to chop up the Bryce a little. I'm Rav Sheishes, hachikamar. That there's two different things. That the Bryce is discussing, number one, im katsats, and then there's a machikis beishamay and beishilal, if, if you were not katsats. So hachikamar. Be'im loy katsats, so if you were katsats, then you don't have to leave any time, you don't have to worry about it at all. Um, because you already paid the guy to do a job, a fixed amount. So the timeline is, you're not responsible for the guy's timeline. That's up to him, since you paid him a fixed amount. Then there's a separate machlekes, right? That is the katsats. katsats. If you did not fix an amount for, for the job, right? You didn't pay a fixed amount, but you said you're going to pay him per hour. Then, that you have to leave enough time that he can get that the the guy can the 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 postman the well the post the, the right the guy can get the person delivering the letter can get to the house of the person the letter is addressed to. That's when the machlekes and Beisol says you only have to leave enough time for him to get to the first house in that city. Right, we said that you can't. It says ain. So how do we how do we understand that? Because it says you can't send it unless you're katsats, and then there's a machlekes. So how could you just chop it up? We said you can't send it unless it's katsats. So LMI, we have to say we're going to basically now split up what we thought we were splitting up the bryson into two pieces, which is katsats and not katsats. It's really it's really going to get cut up into three pieces. Like hasha that is if there is a um, the machlekes is if there is a kvi means an established beidayar. There's an established uh, postman that there's a post office there. So meaning there's a fixed place to go to drop off the letter. Um, and the uh, ha and this and the <clears throat> and the case where we said it's aser is the like kvi beidayar b'maser where there is no um, fixed postman. There's no post office, a fixed place to drop off the letter. Then it's going to be. 
um, Aser. Okay, so just to lay that lay this out, like we said, it's going to be three way machlekes. Number one, if if there is um, if you were katzatz with the guy, then everyone's going to agree. Beishamai and Beisol are going to agree that you are allowed to send it. You don't have to be worried about timelines at all. If <clears throat> on the flip side, on the extreme, on the other side is if you you paid him per the by the hour and there's no kvi doyar right, meaning there is no fixed post office where you can just go drop the letter, then everyone, even Basil, is going to agree that it's Usser because, um, because uh, we're concerned that the guy is now on Shabbos going to be running around trying to figure out where the streets are, where to deliver that letter to, and therefore we don't, then it's certainly nera or nicker that the guy is working for you on Shabbos, and therefore, if there is no postman, there's no central authority to drop off that letter, when you get there, then um, it is Usser. And then the middle case is if you were not Katsats, he's being paid by the hour, but there is Kvi Beitayar, there is a, a postman or a post office there. So then we say that we're, that's where it's Machlekes, Beisham and Beisil, both are saying that you are able to send, it's just a question of how much time you have to leave. Do you have to leave enough time still for the letter to get to the addressed person? Or Basil says that no, you don't have to. You just have to be able to get into the city because we don't have to be worried about him finding the specific address of the place here. Now, what we see here is that even in Beis Hillel, whereas we, we had learned we're coming off of previous halachas in Beis Hillel where we seem to say that Beis Hillel was matir, right? That Beis Hillel, let's say, for instance, by the layimkar um, chfeitzai that we had at the end of yesterday's daf that you shouldn't sell or lend it to the guy. And Beis Hillel just said, um, we only have to be concerned about Kadesh Egea or like where Rekiva explained that he just has to be able to leave the house. So why here would Beis Hillel agree, let's say, if there is no postman, why here would Basil agree that it's going to be Usr? And the Mishnah Brewer explains that since a letter has Hebrew words, to, we're talking. I didn't understand the question. Meaning, here we said that there's three cases. There's a case where everybody would agree it's Mutter. That's if Katsats. We would say that everybody would agree that it's Usr. That's if you were not Katsats and there's no Beidayer, there's no postman. Even Basil is going to agree you may not send that letter at all. And then there's Machlekes Beishamay Beishelel in a place where you were not where you were not katzatz, where you're paying by the hour, but there is a kvi beidayar, there is a central authority in which to deposit the letter when you get to that city. Then it's Machlekes how much time you have to leave. But we see here that if there's no beidayar, that Beishelel is going to agree that it's going to be aser, and that's more machmer than by these other cases. Let's say where you lent a kli to a nachri, or you sold a kli to a nachri, where he can just um, he we Beis Hillel said at least according to the Rebbe explained it that he just has to be able to leave the house of the Jew, right? So we see that we're being more, much more machmer by a letter. I'm just trying to explain why we're being more machmer by a letter. The Mishnah Brewer explains that since a letter, it, it depends. We're only machmer by a letter if a letter is written in Hebrew. If it, if you wrote it in Hebrew. So it has Jewish lettering. It's nicker that it came from a, a Jew. So we're going to be much more machmer. Now, these other cases, you, you sold him something. We don't necessarily know. It, once he leaves your house, he, we don't necessarily know that this was the keli of a, of a Jew, right? You lent him your car, your, uh, you know, your Honda Accord. There's 500 Honda Accords in the city. Nobody necessarily knows that it belongs uh, to, this, to this Jew. However, if, you, if he sees a letter, um, you know, by a letter, if it has Jewish writing on it, 
So the Mishabura therefore paskins that he'd be much more makal by a letter if you wrote in the letter of the land. So if, let's say you wrote, we wrote a letter in English, then it wouldn't be nicker, or I guess for you guys, you can write it in Hebrew if you're living in Israel, and it wouldn't be nicker either, that we'd be able to be more makal. Well, you're you're selling him. You're benefiting from the money, so. You got the money already. Your benefits already done. Okay. I I hear I hear you. Sorry, but how how does a guy how does a guy send something? Let's say UPS, like when we when we use let's say UPS. So, so it's it's a big it's a big it's a big in the paiskim what to do. Um, some people say uh, the way I've heard it. I, I know that it's definitely machlekes. Some people say that you can send it. Some people say that you cannot send it. Um, whether it has a din of katsats or not. Um, one of the heterim are, I know that one of the heterim are that, um, that since the, this, these halachas are only when you're sending a specific guy b'shlichas. But let's say UPS, where there's, it's transferring from one guy to another guy to another guy, so therefore there's other guyim in between, so you don't have to, we don't, does, it's not necessarily nicker, it's not, it's not like it's doing a shlichas directly from a yid. That's one of the other heterim. Um, I think the way that uh, I've heard, I didn't look it up specifically for this, is that if you're going to send something to UPS, you have to leave enough time that it theoretically could get to that destination. Well, no, it, it would mean, let's say, so it depends. So you can't send something to Israel Friday afternoon on one day air, but let's say you wanted to get something to New York, you could send it at, let's say, on a Shabbos like this at 3 p.m. Theoretically, if UPS wanted to send the tr- a truck directly to go directly from the drop-off point to New York, it could theoretically get there before Shabbos, so you would be okay. That's, the, that's what I've heard. But uh, I'm certainly, ask your local Orthodox rabbi. One may not um, depart in a boat less than three days before Shabbos. That is for a Dvar Rishos, meaning if you're going for your own purposes, you're going on vacation or you're going to, for business. But if you're going for a Dvar Mitzvah, then Shabbat Dami, you can even leave less than three um, days before Shabbos. But what should you do? You should, however, you should go to the captain and you should say, look, captain, um, captain of the big cruise ship, uh, I, I want to pay you $5 and then I want you to um, stop the boat, not, not, uh, not go on Shabbos. However, what's the Gemara is building in that we know that the captain's not going to listen to you. He doesn't have to actually be Shavis. You just have to do what you're supposed to do, which is you're supposed to pay him or ask him to stop. Um, and even if he doesn't stop, you could still go on the boat. You don't, again, this is for Dvar Mitzvah. You don't even have to bother being Paisik. Okay, so you don't even have to go through this. We know that it's a sham anyways. You don't have to bother going through the sham of asking the captain to stop. He's not going to stop the ship. So I feel about Shabbos Mutter. Mitzur Tzidon were two places that were very close. So that's a short trip. If you're going on a short trip, you're taking a you know, 20 minute ferry, ferry ride from. Uh, you know, Staten Island to New York City, so then you don't have to be worried about it. Even on Erev Shabbos is going to be fine, even for Dvar Rishos. Tan Rabbanon, in Tzarin al Yarish al Nachum, we don't lay siege on the cities of a guy. Less than three days before Shabbos, okay? Um, which is, this is for a Mechemes Rishos. So meaning where we don't, you know, if it's a Mechemes, a Chayv, let's say to capture, uh, 
um, Eretz Kanan, and this, you know, after when the base, when the Bnei Yisrael came into Eretz Yisrael, this wouldn't apply. This is talking about Melchemes Rishos. However, if they started the siege, they shouldn't, uh, they don't have to stop the siege. would say, the Pasuk says, when, it's, when it says, right? so, so when the Pasuk, this is in um, Kiseitse, it says, that you continue with the siege until the city is conquered. So what does that mean? We learn that even on Shabbos, you may continue the siege even if it started off um, not three days before Shabbos. So this is going back on the Mishnah. We were talking about whether you can give your clothing to a non-Jewish cleaners um, before Shabbos. So... Um, Beis Hillel, we, we basically had a machlekes uh, here. Beis Shammai said, you can only give it if there's enough time, you can only give your clothes to the cleaners if there's, enough, if there's enough time for your clothing to get clean. Beis Hillel was moderate, im Hashemesh, meaning as long as you do it during the day, doesn't matter how much time there was. And then Rav Shemim Gamliel was in Shittas Beis Shammai said, hayu Beis Abba that Rav Shemim Gamliel said that we, in, in my father's house, we used to give the kalim the white kalim three days before Shabbos. Tanya, they would give the white kalim to a cleaners, three days before Shabbos. And the colored ones, those they would give in like as long as there was time to get them clean. What do we learn? That the white clothes are more difficult to clean more than the colored ones, and that's why they would leave more time for the white clothing to get cleaned. Abaya have a yahiv. What's the chiddush? I mean, I mean, I would think the other way that it doesn't matter what color the kalim are; it would take the same amount of time to clean them if you were truly trying to get them cleaned. I guess what they were saying, what, what they were. A white shirt is harder to clean than a black shirt. No, I, I don't think so. I think if you if you're cleaning both of them, then they're equally. They're equally easy to clean. I think it's that the black, the the they lowered the bar to clean the black clothing. Abai gave a, the certain beged that sivaina colored beged lekatra to the cleaners. So Abai said, "How much money do you uh, want to get paid for cleaning this?" I want you to pay me like a white Kaylee. Amarlei Abai says, "Ha ha, sorry, nice try. You're trying to rip him off." The Rabbanan have already, um, you know, they, they preceded you, meaning I, they already told us, we learned here, like we're learning here, that a white baguette is harder to clean or, than a um, colored baguette, and therefore you can't charge me the same price. If a person gives um, a, a uh, <coughs> I'm sorry, if you give clothing to the cleaners, bimishcha nesavle, measure it when you give it in, uvimishcha nishkomine, and measure it when you take when you get it back from the cleaners. okay, because if it is more, meaning if there's more, um, if there's more material, right? If it's if if your your begging ma- magically increased, then you lose out the macht the Okay, because he stretched it, meaning we're concerned. He's, he's just, this is an Eitz Make sure to uh, uh, check the dimensions of your shirt 
because um, it's possible throughout the cleaning process that he could have stretched it out. The butzer, and maybe he shrunk it. Uh, the cop say he shrunk. If it's if it's smaller, the cop say that means that the cleaner shrunk it, meaning he used water that was too hot, and that um, shrunk. So he's just saying in Eitzatayva by saying that you should measure your clothing when you give it in and make sure that uh, sit there with a tape measure, measure that it's the same size when you get it back. Visham and Elu Elu that we said by Shetayim Karis Beis Habad. So we said, this is at the end of the Mishnah, the last Mishnah, we said that both Beishamah and Beisul agree that you may lay the beam for a Beis Habad, right, which is the um, wine press, the Igule uh, Agas, I'm sorry, the Beis Habad is the, the beam for the olive press, and Igule Agas, that's the round beam for the wine press. So Mishnah Kulhu Degazrubuhu Beishamai. Why, by all the other things of the Mishnah, we had Ein Shirin and all the other things that we said Beishamai held was Asr and Beisulah was Mutter. So why, by all those Beishamai Mishnah Kulhu Degazru Beishamai Mishnah Kuris Beisabad Vigulei Agas Deloi Gazru. Why is it that Beishamai held that these were Mutter? You were allowed to lay these beams. So we said Hanach Di Avaluhu Beshabes Mechayev Chatas by the other things, meaning uh, you know Shirin Diyai. And um, unin shall pitch them into the tanner, and um, the semer into the pot in order to dye it. Um, so it all these things, right? And and laying traps and all that. So by those, if you did them actually on Shabbos, then you're mechayev chatas gazru beishamay beishamay. Said it's usher to do close to Shabbos erev Shabbos and chashecha, but kares beishabad vigulei advas vigulei gas laying the beam for the olive press or for the wine press, the Avadu B'Shabbos, if you would do it on Shabbos, if you would lay the beam on Shabbos, loy mechayev chatas, you would not be mechayev chatas, therefore loy gazru B'Shamay was not geyser. And what do we mean here? We mean that the way that they used to press grapes wasn't that they would put full grapes into the press and then lay down the beam. They would anyways, they would chop them up. So since they were chopped up anyways, if you leave a cut grape or a chopped grape sitting there, it'll, the, the juice will eventually ooze out anyways. And therefore what we're saying is that putting the grapes into the press and, putting, and, and laying the beam on top of it to, to, to actually push, to smush them, is not going to be a malacha daraisa of schita because the juice would come out on its own anyway, and all the beam is doing is accelerating the process, and therefore that would not be an iser daraisa. So now the Gemara wants to know, Mantana de cholmidi de mimela shapir dummy. Who is the Tano who holds that anything that's going to leak out anyway has no iser of schita on Shabbos? That is Shitas Rabbi Shmal, Ditnan. We have a Brisa that says, Hashum, which is garlic. Vahabaiser is unripe, unripe grapes. Vahamalilais is unripe grain. Shariskan mi bayyim, that you chop them up during the day, right? So it's part of the crushing process. Risek normally means crushing, but here we're talking about is that you cut them up. So that they can, the juices can leak out. So risk on me, that you can leave them there. So you could take a a grape or something, um, and you can leave it, put it under something that's heavy, and have it yigmar, uh, um, have it continue to uh, seep out after Shabbos. Uh, after Shabbos has already started, Rabbi Kiva Oimer Yigmar. He says it's usher. It's usher to leave them during the day, under a heavy clee or something, so that they should continue, um, you know, getting squeezed out on Shabbos. 
Rabbi Lazar, so that is, so, right, and that sounds like our Mishnah, Rabbi Yishmael, who held that you were allowed to, that sounds like our Mishnah, that you may lay the Kareis Beis Habad because you already risk on, you already um, smushed the grapes a little bit, or cut them up a little bit, and therefore laying the, the, the Kareis, the beam, the heavy bean, beam of the press, will just accelerate the juices coming out, and it will allow them to continue to come out on Shabbos. And that's Rabbi Yishmael held that that was fine. Rabbi Lazar, Aymer, this is Rebbe Lazar ben Pedasti Amira. He says Rebbe Lazar, he, it's Shittas Rebbe Lazar ben Shamua. Okay? That it's not Shittas, he doesn't hold that it's Shittas Rebbe Shmuel, which we're going to discuss why they don't, why they don't agree with each other, Rebbe and Rebbe Lazar. He tells no, there's a different Tana that holds that it's mutter for things to drip out on Shabbos, the Tanan. Like we learned in a Mishnah, Chalais Tvash honeycombs, Sheriskan that you chopped up Erev Shabbos, Biyatsume Atzman, and the honey flows out on Shabbos on its own. Usr, the Tanakama holds that that honey is going to be Usr. Verba Lazar, Mater. So Belazar holds that the honey that flows out on its own is going to be Mutter. So again, we see a Shita here that something that flows out on Shabbos is going to be Mutter. And we're trying to say that that's the Tana of our Mishnah. So he wants to understand why does Rabbi Yesi Barachanina say, who said that it's Shittas Rabbi Shmuel, why doesn't he say like that it's Shittas Rabbi Lazar? Why did he say that Shittas Rabbi Shmuel? So he says, that maybe Rabbi Lazar only, Rabbi Lazar, who said by the honeycomb that you're allowed to have the honey, it's mutter to have the honey drip out or seep out on Shabbos. Maybe he holds it's only, it's only allowed since Devash was originally the honey is food. It was never mashkin. It made kara eichel. It was originally eichel, but seif eichel. And then when it seeps out, it's still eichel. So nothing actually uh, seeped out, so to speak. It just, uh, you know, it, it, nothing changed. But hacha made kara eichel the mashka. But here by zesim or anavim, when you are going to go ahead and you lay the beam, you're actually, you are squeezing out or you're accelerating the squeezing out of liquids from food, so you're assisting in the changing of the process, maybe Rebbe Lazar would not agree to our Mishnah that it's mutter to do, and therefore he felt that it's Rebbe Shmuel Shita. Rebbe Lazar, Amalach, and Rebbe Lazar says to you, what are you talking about? I can show you another brisa that Rebbe Lazar specifically allowed this, not only by honey, but by Zesim and Anavim. Also, he said that if it seeps out on Shabbos, it's going to be mutter. He came, he brought a brysa with him, and he had the following brysa. Brysa, zesim v'anavim, olives and grapes, that were chopped up in Erev Shabbos, and the liquid therefore flowed out on its own, asurin, it's going to be asur, they held that it was mutter. Okay, So it doesn't seem like putting the physical thing on top of it matters at all. It's a question of are you changing the process or not. So meaning either way, they're both gonna and they're both gonna agree. I mean, there's two amiras here. Bring each one brings a tana, right? So just to step back, we wanted to understand who is this shita in the Mishnah who holds that things can continue flowing on Shabbos. 
So Yesi said, you know what, this is Shita Shabbi Shmal, that we see by Zesim and Anavim that he holds that you're allowed to um, chop it up and then put something heavy on top and allow it to flow out. That sounds exactly like our Mishnah. Rebbe Lazar instead brought the case of the honeycomb. So we're trying to understand why were there two different Amaras bringing two different Tanas. So we said that Rabbi Yesi, who brought Rabbi Shmuel originally, he didn't like Rabbi Lazar because Rabbi Lazar was only by Devash. To which Rabbi Lazar, the other Amara, says, no, Rabbi Lazar is not only by Devash. I happen to have brought Rabbi Lazar Shita by Devash, but there is another Brisa which says it's also true by Zesim and Anavim that if the liquid squeezes out on Shabbos, it's going to be mutter. And then Rabbi Yisrael Rechanina Brisa Lishmila, he did not have that Brisa of Rav of Menarda. He didn't have that Brisa at all. And therefore, he, he learned, Rabbi Yisrael, the original Amaira, Anamad Aleph, learned that this Rebbe Lazar, this Tana Rebbe Lazar, only held of his din by Devash. And therefore, that is, we couldn't learn our Mishnah from there. Rebbe Lazar. So now, why is the second Amaira, why didn't he like Shitas Rabbi Shmal? Rabbi Lazar, my time, Allah, Amr, Kurab Yosef, Why didn't he say, like Rabbi Yosef, that our Mishnah is Shittas Rabbi Shmal? Amr Lach, he would say, La Allah, didn't I, we already learned, Amr Rava, Bar Chanina, Amr Rav Yechanan, that we have, we're, we're quoting Rav Yechanan, that there's different stages. So there's basically three stages of uh, crushing to prepare something to remove the liquid. The first one, like we had, is resake, right? That's what we had in the Brisa. Uh, the last, the second to last line on Ahmed Aleph, Shariskan, right? That's where you kind of chopped it. Then we have a concept of Dicha, which is you pound it, right? You, you, you really like, you kind of crush it in there. Um, we use the Lush and Dicha, and Rashi explains, they had a mortal and pestle, you know, the thing like the pharmacy, they have like, uh, they used to use for grinding, it was more of almost like a grinding sort of um, crushing. Okay, and then Shrika was the mashing. That's when they whipped it. They really mashed it up um, and they were able to get every last bit of juice out. So there's different, three different stages. Resek, Dicha, and Shrika. So, Rabbi Lazar, my time, Elam, Kerb, Yosef, Chanina, Amr, Lach, Lav, Itzmar, Allah, that Amr, Rav, Abar, Chanina, Amr, Yechanan, B'mechusurin, Dicha, if it's missing the pounding, the Dicha process, the Kuliyama, Loi, Pligi, everyone's going to hold that it's going to be Aser. Meaning if it's just Resek, if it's just chopped up, then everyone's going to agree that you can't put uh, something heavy on top of it to allow the juice to squeeze because you didn't adequately crush it enough before Shabbos. When it's only missing the final mashing. And our Mishnah as well is They are missing Dicha. He, so Rebbe Lazar is saying he, that he understood our Mishnah as Mechusar Dicha. And since the Brisa you brought, that there's a Machlekes Rabbi Yesi and Rabbi Shmuel, I hold, I, Rebbe Lazar, hold that that Brisa is only if you're Mechusar Shechika. But if you're Mechusar Dicha, everyone's going to hold its Aser. So therefore, I needed to find another Brisa, Dehainu Rebbe Lazar, that's going to hold that even if it's Mechusar Dicha, even if it was only Resek, if it was only just chopped up, that it's going to be, um, that it's going to be mutter. And that's why Rebbe Lazar brought um, the Shita of Rebbe Lazar, the, the Tana, uh, by Chalas Tavash, by the honeycombs. And like we learned, the Rebbe Yesi Rebbe learns like Rebbe Shmal. Um, we're just repeating that that's what Rebbe Yesi Rebbe said. We already knew that from Ahmed Aleph. So I'm not really sure why the Gemara repeats that statement here. 
Okay, now Agav that, we'll just finish off talking about things. Now, all these things are going to be have to do with, um, w- w- Rashi explains that we brought this Agav that we discussed, the olive press or the wine press. These are things that have to do with um, Mukta. Shemen Shel Badadin, the oil that is left over in the press, meaning that is under, let's say, the weights or things like that. So it's not really, it's inaccessible. Or the mats of the press. Rav Shari. Rav said it's usher to, to move, and Shmuel said it's mutter. Hani karchi de These mats, a pair of mats. So these were like cargo mats. If you ever saw, like when they loaded cargo onto a plane, they put like mats on top, or I'm sorry, nets. So they put like net netting. This is netting that you put on top of 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 cargo. Rav Asar, he says it's Asar Shmuel Shari. Again, this these are these are in, in regards to Muktza. Amrav Nachman, Ez Lechalva, if you have a goat that is made just to milk, it has no other purpose other than being milked. But Rachel, a female sheep, a ewe, that is Legizasa, to um, shear it. V'tarnagolis Lebeitzasa, and a chicken that is made to lay eggs. V'turi Deridaya, and an ox that is, uh, its whole purpose, a shar, its whole purpose is to um, plow the fields, meaning that even, let's say, on Yontif, you could theoretically shech the cow and eat it, but since this is a, a cow that is made to plow the fields, v'tamri iska, and the dates that were, th- these are your business dates, right? So certain dates, they're going to fetch high value in the market, so you're not really going to eat them for yourself, so you set them aside to sell, rav asr v'shmol, v'shmol amr mutter, and what are the machlekes on all these things? They're arguing They're arguing about the machlekes famous Rabbi Huda machlekes Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shimon and whether we hold a muktzer. Rabbi Huda holds muktzah's aser, and Rabbi Shimon holds if something's muktzer, muktzah it's still aser. Ahu Talmida, there was a Talmud de Eri he paskind becharsa de Argiz Rabbi Shimon in the place called Charsa. He paskind like Rabbi Shimon that held that muktzah is okay. Shamte Rav Hamnuna, Rav Hamnuna put him in Cherem. So I fact the Gemara of Har Kriv Shimon Sviralon. What do you mean? We hold like Rav Shimon. So why would you put him in Cherem for Pascha like Rav Shimon? So we say Ba'asher to Rav Hava, and therefore he was in Rav's place. We didn't want him since it was Rav. Even though we Paskin, um, like like, even though we Paskin like Rav Shimon. But in Rav, in the Makam Rav, they didn't. And therefore, he was paskining in Makam Rav, so we put him in Cherem because he um, was doing something he wasn't supposed to do. Hani trade Talmidi. There were two Talmidim. Chad Matzel, Bechad Mana. Okay, now this is talking about, let's say there was a fire. We're going to discuss this sugya much later in Shabbos on Daf Kochaf. But let's say there was a fire. So there's a Machlekes Amirayim. Let's say you run into, uh, you're in. Let's say you're in the house. Are you allowed to take out food for Shabbos? So chad matzel bechad mana. One person saved in one plate. Bechad matzel ba'arba chamesh money. He grabbed whatever plates or whatever kalim he can get and filled them with food. And they're arguing about a machlekes amarayim there that it's a machlekes whether um, you're allowed to um, only take out one plate of food or are you allowed to take out. Uh, as many plates as you can grab, but you're not allowed to make one trip or you're only allowed to carry one cleave full of food. So 